Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Even it's a real privilege and honor for me to be here this evening and to address you in this wonderful city of Chicago in this magnificent ballroom here. And my particular thanks to your Chairman Phil Rooney, to your President Grace Barry, and of course to Mayor Daly as well, a man who I think has now been elected for the fourth time, which for polit politicians that's not a bad record at all. Uh, you must tell me how you do it. Uh, we actually had a, we had a marvelous time earlier today in the von Steuben School in Chicago, which then we, we had a wonderful reception. They were, they, they were, they were marvelous. I mean, my only slight anxiety was when I, I, I read my briefing pack and it told me that von Steuben was actually a, a Prussian gentleman <laughs> whose job it had been to help the American revolutionaries get rid of the British. <laughs> this is, uh, didn't obviously disconcert me at all, but... Uh, Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we love us some Tony Blair. Bad teeth and all. I'll Bad take it. Bad teeth and all. Yeah, I'm here for all of it. I'm absolutely He's here for all of it. He's a holdie. He's... We, Steph and I tried to come up with the term when we were in our 20s. Again, when we were in our 20s. Right. For middle-aged hot men, we were calling them modies, but it never really stuck. No. It's always been holdies. It's just holdies. Because the problem is, if you really are sticking with that, then it's moldies, and that's not where we want to be. <laughs> We're not into moldies. We're into holdies. We're hot um, middle-aged men. But I'm telling you, Tony Blair, I thought he was hot. Yeah, he's a handsome yeah. guy and, and very charismatic, which is kind of what this episode's about. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. So my name is Amy. I am here with my noodle to my sauce. I don't know. No, Stephanie's the noodle. You're the, what are you, the sauce to my meatball. Sauce to your meatball. I'm a yes. good bolognese. Amanda, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Good. How was your holiday? Holiday was good. It's good. As we're recording this, folks, it's the day after Christmas, Boxing Day. If you mm-hmm. are, if you are in a Commonwealth country, uh, mm-hmm. and I actually have it today off as Boxing Day because I work for a Canadian company, so that works out really nice. well. But Christmas was nice. My mom came over Christmas Eve. We went to my church. I was a reader. It was lovely. And Very nice. Now I have off this week, which I'm really, really grateful for. Did you have any Christmas disasters? I'm always into a Christmas disaster. No, we had no Christmas disasters. No, no we okay. no. It, it, We do it so low-key that it'd be really hard to really have a disaster. We had a couple, like Penelope, we always joke that Penelope ruined Christmas one year mm. when she was a baby because she was having, um, I don't know, night terrors maybe. She would just scream bloody murder all night. Oh, that's nice. And so I didn't sleep for like a week. <laughs> and uh, so we joked that that was the year Penelope ruined Christmas. And then the year my grandma ruined Christmas was when she died the day before Christmas Eve. How rude. And <laughs> this year we're saying Timmy's dad ruined Christmas because he died okay. three months before Christmas. So, okay. you know, everybody's kind of like in a in a slump. So Actually, at this point, Sammy hasn't ruined Christmas, Christmas nor have you or Timmy. Um, Jenny ruined Christmas one year when she brought us all oh. COVID. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, that's definitely yeah. ruining Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I know so many people who had co- who have COVID right now. Oh really? Is it coming? Yeah, back? is COVID I'm making just, a comeback? COVID's making a comeback. It's bad. Ugh. It sucks. Yeah, okay. I saw so many people post on Facebook over like the last couple of days that that their holiday plans had been changed due to the Rona. Aww. And I feel like every party or group I've been in in the last month, within a couple of days, somebody tests positive. Oh no. But I will tell I, I you I haven't gotten it, so that I find it more and more difficult to leave my house. And it's mm. not because of COVID. I think it's just I'm because I was saying to Timmy last night, I'm gonna become did you see what's eating Gilbert Grape when they have to crane the mother out at the end? Yes. They're gonna have to crane me out of my house at the end of winter because I just don't want to leave it. And okay. When I think about COVID, I think about oh, when we were all home together during the quarantine. <laughs> I'm like, I could just stay in my house, watch my murder shows, chill out on my couch. Mm-hmm. That's it. Drink my cheap wine. Maybe eat some six dozen Christmas cookies. Did you get and, to you the know, point, whatever. though, say May or June of 2020 when you were like, I need all these people to get the fuck out of my house? Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I would okay. say that happened okay. in April. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. Know. No, no, no. I got you. I got yeah. you. Um, also I wanted to say we have a few announcements. We've had a lot of content come out this weekend, this past mm-hmm. weekend. So you're hearing this, it's the week of Christmas, after Christmas. Um, our Christmas extravaganza with Ace and Caitlin Fanning dropped on Christmas Day. That was so much fun. So much fun. Oh my god. I'm actually listening and to I it hope, again this morning. I'm I hope that all of you me. listened to the end because yes. when they revealed to us that we were the first ones to know. I know, I know. You hear Caitlin say that. She's like, you're the first ones to know. They they had bought it the day before. They bought Cody's Lexus. Like, that is some dedication. That that is a truly baller move. That's amazing. I would would have to say, in terms of Sister Wives podcast, I think that puts them at the top of the pyramid. And I'm okay taking a back seat to that. I'm okay taking, you know, I'm okay being in their downline. I'm okay with that. We're we're a different game, and that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, but they've taken it to a whole new level. we cannot compete with that. They've stayed and in that's Christine's okay. house, which is now an Airbnb. Yes. It's pretty amazing. Yes. It's 
pretty yeah, amazing. I love them. I love them we too. also um, have released the look back part mm-hmm. one and the talk back part one. Those came out last weekend. <laughs> this better weekend, names for these things. <laughs> I know. This weekend, Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time, you will hear our coverage of talk back episode two, like part two, which right. is. I, I, it's so good. It's so good. It is taking me literally three hours to get through it and take notes. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. There's a lot. Cody there, and I have to do the fighting the with one. someone on Twitter in real time <laughs> and space is probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, is, okay. You have three things that you have to rate. Cody fighting oh, with somebody no. on Twitter in real time. Robin and her iPad or the fight. Ooh. Oh, the fight is top. Top. Okay. Top tier. Different level. Okay. Like like um, truly in the in the pyramid above the pyramid, that's where the fight is. Yes, yes. I might say Cody fighting with this guy in real time on Twitter make him second. It's so great. I have to rewatch it because I mean I did enjoy it. I have to rewatch it because I'm I'm mm-hmm. still gonna go with uh Robin fighting with the iPad and having a the fit. best. The best part of Cody fighting with this guy in real time is that the guy was trying to compliment him. I know. <laughs> I know. And Robin's like, shut up. Be nice. Shut up. <laughs> oh, God. And then everybody got brand new title cards that say ex-wife. I know. So we got Mary ex-wife, Janelle ex-wife, uh, Christine ex-wife. We just Brilliant. need them to fix the rings dropping. Just fix those rings, yeah. So anyway, so that will be coming up this weekend as well as a look back or look forward how we got here. I don't fucking know. Whatever. <laughs> they need better names. All I know is they're going to watch the fight and respond to it and I can't wait. I know. I cannot wait to see them respond to the fight. Yes. I want to see Robin watch the fight. Uh, Yeah, me too. Because I don't yeah. think she knows what happened. I don't think she I don't realizes think she how heard, awful Cody was. I can't tell you how many times over the holidays I said, I have been here day long. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) I mean, no, I'm not coming. No, 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 Okay, and one more thing. Um, we are doing we are covering Waco American Apocalypse, which is on Netflix right now. We'll we'll have that for you hopefully next week. We'll see when that comes out. And um we are recording it this week, however, and I've been down the rabbit hole. I'm oh, good, down the rabbit wait. hole officially. I can't wait. Because I this is what I, happens. I wanna have a really and I, I don't want us to talk about it till we record. Okay. I want to talk about who set the fire. Okay. We didn't start the fire. fire. That's what the branch of Ains are singing. And then the feds come back with, it was always burning. <laughs> <Is it not? laughs> Amy, you know how we have to get Tim Gibbons his EGOT? Yes. What we It doesn't all have to be about sister wives. He mm. could write the musical <laughs> for, for, Waco. for Waco. He could write the musical for Waco. It was the Tony first. Then they make the movie of it. That's how mm. we get the Oscar and the Grammy. Mm. I think it needs to be Coyote Pass. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying okay. to help. Uh, unless, unless you cast Cody Brown as David Koresh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just solved it. I just solved it. <laughs> Can't get any better than that. 
No. Yeah, yeah. No. There's, I'm sure there's a Venn diagram somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the cover's poster. Cody Brown. It's actually a circle. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. okay. All right. So let's talk about what we're here today to talk about, which <laughs> yes. is the crown. So you introduced the episode. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so we are doing the crown, season six, episode six. Totally fun. Ruritania. We are Ruritania. It's like Elvis saying it. Ruritania. Uh, we are we will dive into Ruritania at the end as part of our history. Because I didn't know what this meant. Okay. Actually, we got two history things happening for us this episode. Ooh, you're fun. I know. Okay. I'm so smart. So we begin with Elizabeth, the queen. Here's a question for you. In your notes, mm-hmm. do you capitalize queen? I no. Okay, I don't either. You have to see my notes. They look like a disaster. There's like I think I just write Q for Queen. Oh wow, okay. No, I write yeah. out words. I should really start getting some shorthand going here. Oh, you should see faster. my shorthand. No one else could understand this. Or we can get Mary Payne to read it for us. <laughs> By the yes. way, real quick, one thing we didn't discuss, your city and video. I want to thank you for that. Oh, I don't need to be thanked. I just want to know what you thought when you saw this. I think it was the highlight of my Christmas. Okay, good. good. He looked good. He, he did look good. good. I showed it to my mom. She knows nothing about any of this. Yeah. And she's like, he's kind of cute. I might fix his hair, though. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. He's adorable. He wasn't, he didn't have his full goth going. No, no. But they that's just okay. got over COVID. It's okay. Oh, they did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Tasha like a couple weeks ago. Okay. And then she ghosted me. And I was like, okay. oh, that's not yeah, going to That tracks. And, okay. But then she's like, sorry, we all had COVID. So like, okay. okay. Anyway, so the queen. Let's go back to the queen. And we see Elizabeth walking down an empty street. And then people are starting to run and celebrate. And you hear a news reporter over, like a voiceover, saying it is the first coronation since 1953. And mm-hmm. the queen is said to be devastated. So you're like, what? What is What's happening? happening? What's happening? This doesn't make any sense. And for I remember the first time I watched this, because this is the second time, um, I thought she was imagining abdicating the throne for Charles. What that would like I was, oh, that, I was thinking okay. that might be. Oh, I'm what sure she Charles was is dreaming about that quite a bit. Yes, quite a bit. And but no, no, no. It is it is the uh oh, it's saying many had been unable to even imagine a life without Queen Elizabeth II. And it's coronation of King Tony. <laughs> Tony Blair. Yeah. New Britain has a new royal family. And the Labour Party is the new royal family. This is so exciting. There's a new national anthem, which is called Things Can Only Get Better. <laughs> How did you feel about this? I thought it was really weird. I thought it was... It felt off-tone. Yes. Right? It didn't flow with the rest of it. At all. I feel like Peter Morgan has maybe called in John Morgan, his brother, <laughs> to write this this season. Like, it's just kind of... It's really a mess. Know. It's really messy. Like... I, it just doesn't flow with the rest of the series. No. I thought... This season has had some, some great moments. Like, I mean, we're going to take Ghost Diana out of it. I thought the last... I thought the episode of her funeral and stuff was really well done. Yes. Ghost, yes. Ghost Diana... Not I don't think good. the first four episodes were bad. No, I don't either. Um, I think I think the best one of that back half is episode eight, which we'll get to in a week or two or whatever. Is we that the, the one about, with Margaret? Yeah, Princess Margaret. I agree. 
I thought I that was the best one. Um, but this, yeah, this feels weird. It's, it feels weird. I understand what Peter Morgan's trying to do. He's trying to tell the story, which I think is important to how the monarchy kind of dug into itself a bit. Mm-hmm. Because she was really worried about Tony Blair's popularity. Because his popularity mm-hmm. was like, it, it hadn't been seen since Winston Churchill. If that his a prime minister popularity made, if Tony Blair made an impression, what year is this? 97? 99. 99? 98, if 99. Tony Blair made an impression on an 18-year-old girl in the middle of Pennsylvania. In Scranton. <laughs> he was pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't pay attention to shit back then, and I knew Tony Blair was hot. And Elizabeth wakes up from this literal nightmare and she's like gasping and like opening Mm -hmm. her nightgown. She's like, what the fuck just happened? And we see the people in and around the palace getting ready for the day. And we see a very pensive looking queen. Like she's really bothered by this dream. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to two of her staff. And I just called them her staff until the very end when we found out what their names were. Um, Yeah. We have, uh, I don't remember his name now. I wrote it down. Anyway, we have her older secretary and her younger secretary, both men, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she says that she hasn't usually worried about prime minister's popularity because it, it just comes and goes and depending on what's going on. But this she's worrying about. She says his popularity is higher than hers. And at this point, his popularity is 66%, which is really high. Um, and she wants to figure out how- For approval ratings, that's really high. Really high. And she wants to figure out how the crown, she can do better. (laughs) And there's a lot of disagreement. Should we like take polls and do this? Should we not look at this? Um, Her primary secretary is like, you know, the the monarchy doesn't have an existential crisis. Like you can't do this. You are, you cannot have your- Status quo, status quo, status quo. Absolutely. And they do all this polling. They go all over Scotland, Wales- England, try to really Mm -hmm. get a good sample of British society as a whole. And the numbers aren't good. Is the royal family out of touch with regular people? 69% say yes. And I think a lot of that was a direct response to how she handled the death of Diana. Absolutely was having to do with the death of Diana. Um, Is she being badly advised? 62% say yes. Is she wasteful of public money? 54% say yes. And they're asked if the crown lacks compassion. 53% say yes. That to me is the harshest of the bunch. Like actually saying you don't have compassion and over half the country doesn't think you do. That's not good. Yeah. Um, When asked if they failed the princess of Wales as much in death as they did in life, 66% say yes. That's a real pointed question. It's yeah, real specific. <laughs> it went from it went from like, hey, how do you think we're doing? Hey, to, to do you think assholes who secretly trolled Diana and caused her to <laughs> die in a car crash? Um yes. <laughs> and the last one is should the monarchy continue as it is and only 10% of the population uh, says yes. Not, that's not good. good. Not Margaret good. thinks they should get rid of polls entirely. Why are we even doing this? I love Margaret. She's like, what the fuck? I love Margaret as what well. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> Charles thinks they can learn something. Philip thinks leaving something as enduring as the monarchy to the whims of marketing men is a mistake. Mm. 
Okay. And the queen doesn't think that it is a surprise that their low numbers come at the same time as a prime minister with conspicuous popularity. I love the way she says Mm -hmm. things or the way Peter Morgan writes her saying things. Mm -hmm. Conspicuous Mm -hmm. popularity. As she says, only Winston at his prime had this kind of popularity. And everyone's reassuring Elizabeth that prime ministers come and go. But she's like, we got to pay attention here. This is not. Well, and Winston wasn't a threat because he was getting the country through some real shit. He was getting the country through some real shit and he wasn't anti-monarch. Right. So, And Tony Blair comes in and he's, you know, the country's like financially and stuff in a decent mm-hmm. place. And his popularity is just for no reason other than he's opposite her. He's opposite her at a time where she's going, wah, wah. Yep. Uh, and so we see Tony Blair leaving 10 Downing Street to a, like a whole group of reporters. And he's annou- he's talking about the war in Bosnia. NATO mm-hmm. had just launched an offensive against the Serbians. Slobodan Milosevic is a monster. All those things. Do you remember Slobodan Milosevic? Sure do. Like, I really enjoy I, saying his name. Slobodan. When they said that name, I was like, oh my God, I remember him. I'm mis- mixing up all my dictators oh, and, and terrible people in the world. There are many. Yeah. From which to choose. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. I just enjoyed saying his name. Slobodan. Uh, yeah, he was yes. a real bad dude. And, He's a dick. Uh, Blair is meeting with the queen. A lot of this episode are conversations between the queen and, Bla- and Tony Blair. And Tony Blair. Yeah. And he's meeting with the queen to discuss the invasion of Serbia and saying that every bombing has to be approved by committee. You know, the queen is still the head of the royal forces and yep. he's feeling really kind of hand tied by all of this, that he can't just yeah. go do it. And he really believes like beating Milosevic is going to be like his thing. Like you can tell he's yeah. like, I'm putting all yeah. of my eggs in this basket and i'm gonna be the next winston churchill right. beating dealing the axis with powers. exactly yeah and mm-hmm. um he's trying to get the u.s to do a land invasion clinton is like eh, most americans couldn't even find yugoslavia on a map like i'm gonna have a real hard time selling this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. blair and clinton were allies very tight allies and they were very yes. good friends so mm-hmm. this is really difficult for him and the queen it's back talking to her advisor, saying that Blair was unusually resolute today, and she talks about how prime how prime ministers how prime ministers tend to be domestic focused or internationally focused, and she seems to think he's really putting all his eggs in the international basket because things are actually going mm-hmm. okay at home. So he doesn't. It's not like they're yeah. in a recession yeah. or a crisis like that. Like he can pay attention. Things are about to go haywire because nine eleven is on the horizon, right? right. And then the endless. Middle East War, right. but you know, and then just the twenty yeah. first century, just <laughs> just like twenty decades of oh. us bombing the Shava country that didn't do exactly. it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And she asks her advisor if she is a domestic or an international queen. Like, how is she mm. being seen? And he says she is so focused on the Commonwealth that that makes her international, but she's also focused on really local organizations. And this guy knows exactly how to play. Oh yeah. Big time. He has Mm -hmm. her right in his palm. And I don't think he's like manipulating her. I think he's just like, like, you're perfect in every way. He has no desire to change anything. He is a a royalist through and through and he wants things to stay exactly as they are. So now we, we see Elizabeth going to the women's Institute. That's going to be one of the things Mm -hmm. we're going to dive into at the end. I was curious okay, what the cool. hell the Women's Institute is. Yeah. And she, you know, she goes and gives this speech, but she talks about 
it as their membership. She's a member as well. And she became a member of the Women's Institute before she even became queen. And she made a deliberate decision to connect with them in this speech in a way that she doesn't usually. Right. She's telling jokes. She's like, she is. She's very informal by her standards. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if this is how she always was with this group because she was one of them or if she was realizing like, I got to get back to my people and get them back in my I had pocket. Crushing that she had made this decision deliberately so for too. this moment. I think so too. And that this was probably a safe group to do this with. Exactly. Because she is one of them. Yeah. And she talks about how um, important this organization was during the war. Every time we talk about the war, we're only talking about World War II. And right. that she was part of a group that collected rose hips so they could make syrup to help battle a vitamin mm-hmm. C deficiency. Vitamin C. Oh, look at you. Vitamin C deficiency. Yes, yes, very good. Mm -hmm. You really do a good Mm -hmm. queen. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Tony Blair gets... Um, Tony off- Blair. Okay. Gets off the phone. Okay. Gets off the phone with Bill Clinton and he wants to know how many troops Britain is willing to commit. So Clinton is like, if you go in... Now, do you imagine Bill Clinton like a Matthew McConaughey? Because that's what I kind of get for him. Like he does the all right, all right, all right. Because he's slick willy. You know what I mean? He's like, he gets away with whatever. <laughs> I, I never put anyway. Matthew McConaughey and Bill mm-hmm. Clinton together. So does that mean that Mary has a crush on Bill Clinton? Matthew McConaughey... <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is like, it's like his whole essence Mm. Mm -hmm. that is like that, like, super slick, above the law, white guy approach to the world. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah, whatever. Get away with whatever. I'll drive my car down the road and I don't pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sorry, too much coffee. Go on. You're on it. I like it. And uh, Clinton knows that NATO is failing in their attempts and Mm -hmm. Blair really wants, really sees this as critical for Europe's success that the U.S. jumps in and that they defeat, defeat Milosevic, which Mm -hmm. I agree with. We needed to defeat Milosevic. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he was committing genocide, was he not? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was killing uh, Serbians. Was it Serbians? Yeah. Yeah, Serbians. So we see him giving a speech in Chicago and someone had told him, if you can't appeal to Clinton's like you know, 
sense of basically like go appeal to their conscience to the u.s conscience to get them Mm -hmm. into this Mm -hmm. so he goes to chicago and gives this speech and it's it's killer i mean he nails it he's like talks Mm -hmm. about what's happening in kosovo he's talking about how u.s military action is justified he says that england depends on the u.s to support this and the u.s is the most powerful country in the world and as a great nation it must be difficult to be the recipient of every demand and to be expected mm-hmm. to always come in and support others. You know, just like, what does this have to do with us? Why Why does yeah. somebody in Kansas yeah. give a shit about Slobodan Milosevic, basically? And right. he says, countries with great power need to remain engaged and use their power for good. And mm-hmm. he basically begs the U.S. to stay engaged in this and support the NATO efforts. And he assures the U.S. that with Britain, the U.S. will have a partner in this effort. And I just said, he's really hitting the emotional button here. Like, he's... Yeah. He nails it and gets so much positive press for this. In yeah, yeah. U.S., everybody's yeah. all over this. And mm-hmm. the queen is back to meeting with her advisor. Uh, one of the papers say that Blair has a new nickname, which is King Tony. And the thing about Tony Blair, too, is, and again, I'm I'm working on my recollection mm-hmm. of, you know, being 20 years old. Right. He felt young and modern to me, even though he might not have mm-hmm. been young. You know yeah. what I mean? He just felt, I remember thinking that he felt modern and in touch. He felt modern and in touch, I think, the way that Bill Clinton did after H.W. Bush, yes. who was so like. And I, well, Bill Clinton played that saxophone on Arsenio Hall. That's right. And, and that was it. it. But I mean, we went mm-hmm. from John Major, who was much more like yes. H.W., to Tony Blair. Right. And it, it was right. a big shift, um, mm-hmm. and he was being really celebrated for it. And uh, he's, she says that the prime minister has pulled it off and is getting the U.S. to send land troops. It worked. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they both are just like, wow, I can't believe he was able to kind of pull that off. Because it seemed pretty clear Clinton wasn't going to do anything about it for a while. Right. And again, Blair goes back to meet the queen. By the way, there's one of, one of these scenes, I don't remember which one, where like she's done with him and just presses a button. Oh, I want that button. That's what for I my said. I'm like, so I want bad. a button that I can just press and people have to leave. Someone yep. comes and gra- yep. gathers them and brings them out. <laughs> I, want that button. I don't know who I have. You to just leave. press the button and Todd walks in the room and takes the person exactly, out. Exactly, whoever there it is, go. get rid of them. <clears throat> yep. And she jokes that she hopes he didn't slip on the way over because it must be difficult to walk on water. Yikes! <laughs> I was as I was doing the notes for this. Todd was straightening up from christmas he's like how long has she been holding on to that line to throw out at somebody because that's a good line yeah and blair says that's as passive aggressive as the queen gets exactly so it's not gonna get not gonna get deeper than that and no. uh, blair says that milosevic milosevic has changed his tactic once the u.s agreed to commit ground troops and the queen the queen says he is the most popular leader on the world stage right now and she mm-hmm. says that in light of his success and the monarchy's Lack of success and popularity right now. Mm-hmm. She is wondering, and because he can read the country, the mood of the country so well, she is wondering if there are things that she should do to turn around. Big mistake. Big, 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 big mistake. mistake. You don't ask somebody at the height of their hubris, right, to give you some criticism. Who isn't a fan <laughs> of you to begin with? Right. To give you some right. criticism. Because I don't think you're prepared for what's coming back. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. And her advisors aren't okay with her asking for his advice. She, they're like, this is a bad idea. 
It's a bad idea. And let me tell you something. As a teacher of freshmen for a very long time, you don't ask you, like, this is, this was what would happen on the student evals. Mm-hmm. They, my students would just kick me while I was down. You just don't do this. No. Don't ask. Exactly. You get an independent panel mm-hmm. and you have the, and a panel of like a few people. Yeah. You don't just have the person who is in opposition to, not that I was in opposition to my right. students, but I guess we were. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, she would need like three or four people who were not in the monarchy, who were also not in parliament, mm-hmm. who could kind of come in and see things objectively. Yeah. Not Because totally I'm all about a good focus group. Yeah. But you don't ask. No. She, she did this wrong. And they all say she shouldn't be asking Blair for this. And he, her secretary says he should, she should ask him. Because they mm. are the primary advisors. And he's corrected. He says, actually, constitutionally, the prime minister is chief advisor to the monarch. And he is shooketh. He's like, ooh, I'm, I, I thought it was me. Yeah, but he also shouldn't be asked because he's too close. He's too close, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know who we need? We need mm. you and I to go over there. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she's go dead back now? in time. So, yeah, back in time. No, okay. 20-year-old Amy. Okay. 20 what four-year-old amanda mm-hmm. yeah 20 head over there and give, give some advice <laughs> i think this i think we could have changed the world i think we could have set everything on its path it would have been great yep yep and so <clears throat> blair is meeting with his advisors to discuss how to advise the queen and expenses come up a lot because everyone knows the monarchy costs a lot of money and you could tell Tony Blair's wife, really not a fan of the monarchy. Sherry Blair is not like, a fan. Ooh. Not a fan. And she's not a fan and cheering him on yeah. in his. Yep. Yeah. And she refers to the monarchy as an anachronistic feudal system. So we see where <laughs> she stands on this. <laughs> okay. She, she didn't mince words there. And mm-hmm. he's getting all sorts of advice from his staff about how the monarchy should change. And they agree that the palace should announce that they are going to tighten their purse strings, basically. And mm-hmm. Sherry Blair is clearly not a fan. I said that. So Blair goes back to meet with the queen and he looks like he's going to throw up. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, I have mm-hmm. to go tell the queen all this shit. <laughs> and he thanks her for the opportunity to provide this perspective. And they all agree that the institution is need in is in need of some reform. And that became very obvious after Diana's death. And you could tell the queen was like... <sighs> not a good way to start tony blair Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. read a room dude read a room (laughs) yeah he doesn't read this one right uh his first what you say there is look i think you're above reproach right but some of the lowlings that work for me came up with some of these ideas so i'm just gonna throw them out i don't agree with any of them but i just have to bring it to you (laughs) and his first piece of advice is to look at something she's already considering. So he does actually try to go in with something that he thinks she will be on board for. A little softer. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is primogeniture. And if people aren't familiar with what primogeniture is, it is the, I got the definition. It's the right of succession belonging to the firstborn child, especially the feudal rule by which the whole real estate of an interstate is passed to the eldest son. Basically what it is primogeniture says, if the queen had had Anne first and then Charles, it would skip over Anne. Charles would be the king. Yeah. yeah. And she she says, you know, um, as as a firstborn daughter who became queen, I, I, I buy this. Like, I get this. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of this. But um, 
she in theory agrees, but the monarchy has operated this way for centuries. So she keeps coming back to this. We've been doing this for forever. We can't mm-hmm. change. And he, can't change what's been happening forever. Mm-mm. Because that's always worked out. Right. That Staying exactly the same Don't is always key. <laughs> makes everything better. And he says right. that in a modern society, this makes sense. But you can tell she's like, eh. And now we get a little more detailed. Now we're going to talk about transparency. He's about to, uh, Parliament is about to approve a Freedom of Information Act type thing. He thinks the Queen mm-hmm. should do that as well. There should be an annual mm-hmm. report of assets and salaries that she should begin to think of the crown as a public limited company. And you can tell she's like, oh, you can go fuck what? yourself right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if the queen were to say, don't come thing, in here and tell me my monarchy is a company. Right. Exactly. <laughs> she's like, you can get right the fuck out of my, I'm going to press that button and get you right out of here. Yep. Yep. And he also encourages her to look at some of the more anti-Catholic provisions of the church of England. Yeah, because now we're in a multicultural society, and yeah. she's she, not buying any of this. No, she says she. You could see like the veins in her neck are just popping out. Yes, and like at one point, like they, it's a great shot. It goes down to her feet, and she's just like moving her feet all over herself. She's like, I'm trying to look really still, but I'm about to kick somebody really hard. Yep, and she says she can understand permitting members of the royal family to marry Catholics, but that person cannot be in the line of succession because then it would lead to a Catholic king, which doesn't go well Mm -hmm. in England. Mm -mm. Historically, can't have it. Not good. He also Mm -mm. suggests that the monarchy become more like the monarchy in Sweden and the Netherlands. He's coming back to their model because their model is very ceremonial, but very dialed back Mm -hmm. compared to the British monarchy. Mm -hmm. And that she not be the head of the. (laughs) You're talking to the British monarch. Right. Dude. Right. We want you to just okay. not be you anymore. Just uh, not have as much power as you have. They, she shouldn't be head of the armed forces anymore. She should not be the one to appoint the prime minister, even though that is truly a ceremonial mm. appointment. Yeah. But yeah. she could theoretically not accept who's elected. Yeah. I mean, it would Step be at her peril, but yeah. she could do that. And there are some ceremonial offices that she might want to consider getting rid of. This is my favorite part of this whole thing. This was a great part mm-hmm. of the episode. Probably one of my favorite parts of this episode. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. he first suggests that maybe they could get rid of the hereditary Grand Falconer. <laughs> <laughs> to which she was like, dear Murray? What about him? Like, we're not getting rid of Murray. And, and that's another thing. Like, she knows all of these people by mm-hmm. name. Yep. She knows their families. Like, she is like, she is just a phone book of knowledge mm-hmm. with the people in of her all the people around her direct world exactly mm-hmm. and then uh he asks if the job needs to be depend on heredity and not skills we have other roles including the royal hand washer which she's like that only gets used once at a coronation <laughs> like okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the royal barge master and 24 watermen uh to which blair points out that they haven't even had a royal barge since 1849 <laughs> But we have the royal barge master. And are all these people, like, is he implying all these people are on salary? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're paying for all these people. Because their- I didn't know, like, is the royal hand washer who's only used at the coronation, like, are they just brought in for that week and paid? Or are they paid role, But I think some of the other ones are consistent. Like, okay. my favorite role, who is the warden of the swans? 
<laughs> I enjoy the Warden of the Swans. Yes. I enjoyed it, too. I enjoyed it, too. And she's like, somebody needs to oversee the swans on England's inland waterways. Like, she's like, <laughs> huh? How could you do that? And he's yeah. like, well, I, you know, back in the day, I understood because, you know, people ate swans. But now that that's fallen out of culinary favor, maybe we don't need that. And she's like, who's going to take care of them? Who's going to create conservation? We I'm shocked she didn't whip out the swans' names. I know. Who's going to take Who's care of... take care of Doe and John? Right. And Bertrude. And Bertrude. <laughs> That's not a name. I don't know where that just came Well, from. I was trying to pull out the Heaven's Gate people. What oh, yeah. Bim and Bop or whatever Bo and... Bim and Bop or... Bo and... Bo yeah, and Bop or something. Okay. Yeah, I was going for that. Mm-hmm. Failed miserably. Okay. And uh, they participate in their conservation. And now he's like, okay. Like every time she gives an answer back, he's like, okay, I'm just going to go to the next one on my list and the next one on my list and the next one on my list. And I have a list of like 37. That was another error. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He really should have just come in with like one or two things he knew she'd be okay with. Yeah. Yeah. Not all Mm -hmm. this shit. And now he wants to talk about the ceremonial opening of parliament. And do they need 10 heralds, including the Rouge Dragon Pursuivant or (laughs) Pursuivant. Pursuing, I don't know, mm-hmm. and the Ma- the Maltravers Herald Extraordinary. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. Then we have Amy also the Gold Stick in Waiting, and the Silver Stick in Waiting. Uh, yes, yes. The gentleman Usher of the Sword of State, mm-hmm. and um, he's basically like, yeah, we really just want to purge all these honorifics. Like this is dumb. We mm-hmm. need to get rid of all this. And, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And he said it would be a PR victory for the crown. And she is not having any of this at all. No, she is. Every muscle in her body is clenched. Mm-hmm. As if she isn't. Mm-hmm. She's already kind of clenched. Now we're really clenched. And she's me when my kids are telling me their weekend plans. You're going where? Yeah, everything's fine. Blair asks, Blair's wife, Sherry, asks how it was. He's back at home and he says it was frosty. And she promises mm. to give their proposals some thought. And his wife says if she doesn't do it, she'll have all only herself to blame. Like she very clearly sees the queen has to do this if she, she wants to maintain anything. Yeah. And he yeah. says preservation of the monarchy is her life's work. And, and he she knows it has to change in order to survive. And his wife says they don't want to change. And she likes to think only the way they can survive is to basically double down on who they are. Yeah. Changing is not going to yeah. help them. And she says, once the Catholic church was modernized, she uses this as an example, you know, moving from Latin mm-hmm. masses, the incense, all of that. Vatican too, essentially. Exactly. Um, people stopped going to church because it just wasn't the same anymore. And the crown yeah. must know this could happen to them. So now we have a whole group of these folks that the queen gets to meet with. And it's fabulous. Lovely. Wonderful. They're all in mm-hmm. their little outfits mm-hmm. and their costumes, their yep. uniforms. Yep. They're all in line. And we meet some folks, including Mr. Hawkins, who is the warden of the swans. Excited to meet mm-hmm. him. And he says his role is one of the oldest in the house. We meet the queen's herb strewer. <laughs> the queen's guide of the sands. The yeoman mm-hmm. of glass and china pantry. Mm-hmm. His role is to supervise all the glass and glass and earthenware in all of the royal homes across the empire. <laughs> Which I think that's an actual role. I think that is an actual role because they do have state dinner. Yeah. Like there's there's somebody who does that at the White House. 
who's making yes. sure yes. everything is the way it should be. That, to that, me, of all these, that made the most sense. That did make the most sense to me as well. But I, I just enjoyed the Yeoman of the Glass and China Pantry. I love it too. I love, I love the love titles. Yeah. And yeah. she meets with the Warden of the Swans for a while. We like go up all these, back and forth, all these people. And she wants to learn what he does. And he says it's been the same since 1849 during the reign of Edward VI. Like, this is how we do it. And this is how we've always done it. And we will continue to yep. do it. And Can't stop, won't stop. We learn what the Keeper of the Sands does, which is basically to measure the sand based on tides, as best I could tell. <laughs> okay, first of all, dream job. Yes. All of these would be dream jobs. I want to be the yes. queen's earth I would strewer. love to be out on the oceans, like measuring the sands. Think of how many whales you'd get to see. I would get to see so many whales. I would be so excited. Make you so happy. And uh, we also meet the Lord High Admiral of the Wash. Mm. The mm-hmm. Astronomer Royal. The Piper to the Sovereign. Again, not seeing any problems with these positions. No. Uh, the yeoman of the glass and pantry shows her how she how he folds the napkins and he can do a perfect Dutch bonnet napkin fold. And she's like, I always mm-hmm. wondered how you did that as he's she's watching him like whip this napkin around. <laughs> I always wondered how you did that. And mm-hmm. she tells her advisor that it just gave her a heavy heart all day. She didn't like this at all. She loves all of these people and she just has such a strong sense of pride in this tradition. She does say her favorite of the whole day, though, was the yeoman bed hanger. And she just kind of giggles. Like, you can mm. tell she's like, some mm-hmm. of these are mm-hmm. really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now we get all of our all of our royals together. We've got the queen mum. Queen mum pipes up a lot through this. Queen mum, what's happening with her? Because as we go through the season, like, people are just making fun of her. Oh, and I thinking she's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I lo- always loved the Queen Mom. She was like, I love her too. She was great. But is she like? Did she? How old was she at this point? Uh, let's see. Queen Mom. Like I don't like the ageism coming from the other royals ah, towards gotcha. directed at Queen Mom. Is what Queen I'm saying. Mom. So her name is also Elizabeth. Uh, the Queen Mother. She was born in. 1900 so she was 97 or 98 during this oh because especially margaret like yeah. at a lot of points she's like oh, whatever mummy whatever like yeah. you know just I'm she like, lived to be 102 wow she lived to wow. 2002 i mean i always say like i'm not shocked when a super privileged wealthy person lives a long life because mm-hmm. they have access to the best of things right and she's never had to yeah. work a day in her life right um she did lose her husband, though, and they seem to be really into each other. But anyway, so we've got Queen Mum. We've got Anne, Margaret, Charles, the Queen, obviously, and Philip. And they're all chatting about these mm-hmm. changes that are being suggested. And Charles um, is like, yeah, 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 I'm on board with all of this. Yeah, we got to do all mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Charles, based on how we're seeing him here and how we saw him with Diana, he seems to have more pulse on what's going on outside the palace than the Queen does. Yeah, and it's so... I really feel like, again, that's a favorable edit because mm-hmm. when you look at King Charles, are you like, that's a man with his pul- his finger on the pulse of things? That's a reformer right there. <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> not so much. And they can't understand how these things can be let go, any of it. And Charles says, from a PR standpoint, it might be sensible to make one or two concessions. And I think he's right. Like, pick, he's right. pick he's a right. couple that don't really bug us so much. Mm-hmm. 
And, Get rid of those barge people. Right. Throw them away. And he says it leaves them less open to charges of elitism and grandeur. Uh, he's like, maybe we could get rid of the state opening of parliament. And Philip's like, oh no, they'd be missing the whole point. I love when he gets into like monarchy history. It cracks me up. And the idea is to never forget we're still in Charles. And Charles Charles says, all the pomp and circumstance doesn't look terribly humble. So the like basically when they open parliament, someone comes, knocks on the door Mm -hmm. three times, they turn them away. Then the monarch can come in. Like it's, it's all it's a whole thing and the queen says the people want the magic and the mystery of the monarchy they don't want to see what they have at home they don't want to come visit a palace and see the things they have at home they want to feel Mm -hmm. like when they are in you know the orbit of the royal family that they have entered into Mm -hmm. another realm and not to remind them of what they already have just interesting like it's kind of interesting, but again, it speaks to a very small pool of people who actually get to interact right. with the monarchy. Right. The average British person doesn't. No. no, not at all. I don't know. So now we have Blair again meeting with the Queen. Like I said, a lot of these meetings. And he's mm-hmm. talking about how it was awkward. As And we're talking about um, the Queen learns on the news about the ruling in Bush v. Gore that you know, the Supreme Court says we're going to stop counting votes and George Bush becomes president. Did you you have PTSD? I did. I completely did. I almost went into like a spiral when I saw that. (laughs) I was like, no, no. so (laughs) fucking enraging. That was the first time I ever voted. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't go so well. Didn't go go good. Uh, Yeah, I guess in 96. Well, I could have voted in 96, but I didn't. Okay. Okay. Because that's what I was saying. I wasn't paying attention to the world. So the fact that I knew Tony Blair was like real <laughs> was Really significant. Yeah. But I, I did not register in time to vote in 96. So okay. I had to do it in 90, or, uh, 2000. My first presidential vote was Bill Clinton in 92. But my first vote was actually in May because John Hines, who was Pennsylvania senator, remember when he got killed in that yep. accident? Yeah. And we got to vote for Harris Wofford. So Harris Wofford's the first person I voted for, which I was super psyched about because I liked him. And then John Kerry swept in and married John Hines' widow. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Teresa Hines? Teresa Hines. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that worked well for him. And so Blair's meeting with the Queen. He says it was awkward as the Clintons were making their farewell trip to to the UK. And they were staying Mm -hmm. with them at Checkers, which is one of the... Mm -hmm. It's not 10 Downing Street. I think it's like their summer place or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the ruling came down and they were all up all night watching CNN together. Which I just love mm-hmm. the idea of Bill Hillary and the Blair. We all like, were, guys. We all were. Yes. <laughs> and um, said it was really awkward. And then the next day, they had to, the Clinton was giving a speech and he had to do the intro and he had to congratulate George Bush, which was really awkward yeah. for him to do in front of Clinton. Yeah. And the Queen asks mm-hmm. if it will be challenging having a Republican White House. And he doesn't think so, but he's the senior partner now, so he can influence Bush. And the queen tells Blair that she isn't against reform and gives the example of the fact that they no longer have to have the royal secretary witness her births. Mm-hmm. Her father, <laughs> with her with her permission and, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't want some stranger watching me give birth. Her father got rid of that. So, you know, she's just wondering what is worth pres- preserving and where to draw the line. 
where do we do this? Yeah. And she tells him wow. that they've reviewed all of the positions in her household and they aren't extravagant or full of Ruritanian titles, but an extraordinary array of expertise. These aren't just randos. These are people who have trained to do these jobs. Someone has to be the warden of the swans, Amy, as you roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. skills that have been passed down and the crown is a vehicle for that continuity. Tradition is their strength. And she says, modernity isn't the answer. Sometimes antiquity is the answer too. So she's not into it. I I don't think making a case to Queen Elizabeth about nepotism no. is not going to work. Is particularly effective. Yeah. <laughs> there were probably a lot of angles he could have come in on this one. I don't yeah, think that wasn't one. No, Mm-mm. no, no. Mm-mm. And now we see her playing with her dogs, and I'm delighted by this. I love her when you mm-hmm. get to see her with her dogs. And now I we- love it too. But then my dog starts barking at the TV, and it becomes a whole thing. Oh, do your dogs bark when they see other dogs? Just on one of them. Oh, yeah, Arlo. She drives me nuts. Nelly. Oh, Nelly does. Okay. Mm-hmm, Arlo mm-hmm. tends to be the problem, which is why I always think he's the troublemaker. Oh, he's a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of them both of them are problems. <laughs> In their own way. Yes. And yet we love them. So now mm-hmm. we have the advisor, Robert. That's his name. Robert here. And he comes in and says that she made the right choice not to, you know, basically burn it off the ground. But mm-hmm. he says in light of this, he thinks he should personally move on because – the palace hasn't always met the public mood and that falls on him as her primary advisor. And mm-hmm. he says he's an old stick who doesn't want to change anything. And the world is binary for him. It's either it stays or it goes and he can't do it. And she's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, you can't leave me. Like you cannot leave me. She doesn't know what, I don't know what I'll do without But he him. recognizes like somebody needs to pay for this. He needs, yeah. And oh, yeah, it's like someone needs to be the mm-hmm. sacrificial lamb and let me go be it. Mm-hmm. You're better served mm-hmm. by a younger advisor. And she says she'll be utterly lost without him. And he says, no, you'll be fine. She navigated this whole thing without him because he was in opposition to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so her new secretary, and it's the the one who was from before the younger guy, mm-hmm. is talking to her about visiting some of these millennium cities. And he's suggesting an itinerary that is both modern and traditional. She's going to do traditional things, but she's also going to go to like some robot factory or something. So like, Trying to bring her into the the Mm -hmm. more modern era. And he says the prime minister is going to speak at the Women's Institute. And she is surprised. This isn't his Her cackles are up over this one. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. She's real pissed. She's like, you get out of Mm -hmm. my house. But it works out Mm -hmm. okay for her. And But his instincts tend to be right. And she's sure this won't be an exception. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to the Was that some subtle shade she was throwing there? so. And uh, so Tony Blair goes to uh, the Women's Institute and speaks to them about not cleaning, clinging to tradition for sake alone and to move mm-hmm. along with New Britain and with the Labor Party. And it, he gets real political. And these women are not having this at all, Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. They are pissed. And well, they're like, this is a political stump speech. Right. And that's not what we're here for. Nope. And right. he says, like when, like when Trump told the uh, Boy Scout troop, hmm. remember yes. that you know um, Hillary needed to go to jail and her emails and da 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 da, and all the Boy Scouts are sitting there like, what? what? <laughs> that was so fantastic, so awesome. That or when he just threw the paper towels at you know people and <laughs> who were hurricane victims. Just sop it up with a towel, you'll be fine. Uh, he says that. Um, 
His party has a radical mission to change the soul of the country. And at this Mm. point, these women are like, fuck this. And just one woman starts clapping. And for a second, he's like, oh, they're clapping for me. But no, they're just trying to drown him out. Some people just get up and leave. Did not go well. And the queen's listening to this coverage. And you can just tell she's like, "Hmm, okay, then. Great. This is working for me. This is going well. And uh, he says that, you know, making a political speech at the Women's Institute is not, was never a good idea. This is not who they are. And Blair Mm -hmm. and the Queen meet once again. And she says his mistake was to be political, as they are always above that. And he says he can't be too political, just as she can't be too royal. And she says that Hmm. doesn't happen. I'm always, I'm always it like i'm always going to beat you out basically yeah and then we fade as he's talking about changes in the eu and that's the end of Mm -hmm. our episode Mm -hmm. so for our little history lesson here i wanted to talk about what does ruritania mean because that was not a word i was Mm -hmm. familiar with no me either and this is this is comes from the um very reputable source aol.com oh okay this might be even more reputable than us weekly it might (laughs) But they're actually talking about this episode of the Queen, so or the Crown, so it's good. okay. And okay. so it has an interesting title, Ruritania. But what does that even mean? It says, and basically, Ruritania is of relating to or having characteristics of an imaginary place of romance. So basically, when she said Ruritanian titles, like they're they're not that they're like, not whimsy they're not magic they're They're not not whimsy and romantic right they are real people doing real work to support the crown Mm -hmm. which i found really interesting um and clearly she's against the modernization but then i also wanted to look at the women's institute because yes so um the description is the women's institute is a community-based organization for women in the united kingdom canada south africa and new zealand Mm, i don't know why just those four countries but here we are the movement was founded in Stony Creek, Ontario, by Erland and Janet Lee, with a woman named Adelaide Hoodless. That's a Ooh, great name. Adelaide, Adelaide Hoodless. Hoodless. Being the first speaker in 1897, and it was based on the British concept of women's guilds, which were created by another great name, Reverend Archibald Charteris. Loving these names. My great-grandfather's name was Archibald. I love that. Mm-hmm. Archibald. They called the March. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Like Archie Bunker, but not. And mm-hmm. it was originally, it was originally confined to the church of Scotland, but then they, it just grew. So it began in Canada. Uh, blah, 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 I found my note here. Structure oh, and he men. was Canadian. Yeah. Found it in Canada. My great grandfather. He was oh. Canadian. And his name was Archibald. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. <laughs> and he, he just kept that on the down low that he had found. <laughs> So um, each he just was like, I want to come to Scranton, Pennsylvania, work in the coal mines just for no reason. <laughs> I could be doing this, but I'll go do that instead. That'll yeah, be yeah. I'll live the worst existence ever in a coal mine. My yeah, no big my great grandfather mm-hmm. was a coal miner. Yeah, well. both of mine were. Yeah, yeah my great grandfather died of black lung when my grandmother was very young. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Each good times. <laughs> good times. Pennsylvania's got some great history with that going on. And, yes, we do. You know, yes, we do. 
West Virginia and there's lots of things. So anyway, mm-hmm. yep. uh, each individual women's institute is a separate charitable organization run by and for its members with a constitution agreed on at a national level. But there's a possibility of local bylaws. They are okay. WIs or women's institutes are gross, grouped into federations, roughly corresponding to countries or islands, which each have a local office or one or more paid staff. So it's, it, it's an organization of women doing charitable work. They got really big during the war with all the women's efforts and the queen was part mm-hmm. of that and they're still doing And they're not, it sounds like they're not politically mm-hmm. affiliated. Nope. Nope. They are. And prefer to stay that way. Exactly. Exactly. And we talk about how, mm-hmm. or look at how each of them exist. Ooh. In Southern Rhodesia. Rhodesia is another famous favorite word of mine but it's not a good thing to mm-hmm. say anymore the southern rhodesia federation of women's institute was founded in 1925 as a european-based organization and continued mm. to at least 1985 as the national federation of women's institutes of zimbabwe because that is the real name of okay. Rhodesia. so yeah and i thought that was interesting to find out a bit about this um also do you re- did you ever see the film calendar girls it was all these it older women. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I know exactly what it you're took talking about. took naked pictures mm-hmm. to raise money. They were part yes. of the Women's Institute. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's interesting. I like okay. that. So that's our episode of Ruritania. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. What'd you think of this episode? Yeah. I mean, the part yeah, I like I the, the best, the part, the part I like the best was about all the royal people with all their jobs, the Warden of the Swans and all that. I just found that interesting. Yeah, I think it was a necessary episode, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I wanted the whole thing to focus on this. I think we could have touched on the pull that Elizabeth had to modernize the monarchy in a different way. It didn't have to be all of this. Yeah. But yeah. Come on, Peter Morgan, step it up. Peter Morgan. Who who's writing it? Do we know? Oh, Joe Morgan, my brother. I brought him in. <laughs> the lower class Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> we're going out. all right guys if you haven't already join us on our in our facebook group backdoor friends which is so much fun yes it is do not leave us please join us i was waiting for you to affirm that Amanda. yes it's very fun sorry very fun very fun i swear to god it's fun you'll ever have i swear to god no i was just like <laughs> closing my notes and, I and for a second. next week we'll be back with episode seven mm-hmm. oh my mater um, and um, lots of sister wife stuff coming at you this weekend. Yeah. So get ready. Yeah. We get got ready. a Friday drop. We got a Sunday drop coming at you. The Friday drop free feed for everyone. Sunday drop per usual. A little free preview on the main feed. And the rest is behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. So join us. Please, please, please. And Amanda, thank you for guiding us through this. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, friends. Thanks so much. And we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 